four paper routes by the time I was nine. I was, you know, I was working 40 hours a week by the time I was 12, <laughs> 13, that's a lie, 13. And going to school and doing all that, so I was just always busy. There was no real time to get into trouble. The goals, I don't even know that I have any. You know, I mean, it's, it's always at the office just to make the office run really, really well. Um, because the better the office runs, the less I have to run it. So, so then I don't, I don't have to sit here and think about Especially with dentists. It's never, an, it's never, it's never an earning problem. It's always a spending problem. So, whatever. And that's something that you can control. Absolutely. And we're rolling. Dr. Tommy, you're my favorite person <laughs> in the entire world. My wife knows about you. My mom knows about you. Everybody knows about you. And I'm not just saying this. You're my favorite person. You're the only person that can call up my competitors, talk to them, and then text me back and be like, hey, Tiger, we need to talk. And then you just tell me what you think. It's amazing. But it's just a small part why I love you. Thank you. And I remember, um, so you have, a, I mean, you have a pretty cool story. You, you were in a smaller office before. Um, what was it, 1,200 square feet, 1,500 square oh, feet? Oh, no, it was bigger than that. Maybe, maybe 2,200 feet, but it was seven operatories crammed into just um, a little small space in a dental office that was built in 1963. So I had, in the 25 years we were located there, I have crawled above that building. I've crawled below that building. I've hung all sorts of drywall, and I've done it all over there and we squeezed every inch of clinical space we could out of that place. And um, that was kind of that. So it was just a-okay, it was a good space, treated us well for a long, long time. And um, I brought an associate in who we just adore uh, about four years ago. And the days where I had three hygienists working in a day and four rooms to myself when Garrett came aboard we quickly needed a fourth hygienist so then we've got four rooms for hygiene every day and we're splitting three rooms between the two of us well that got to be cumbersome and problematic so we just ended up having to build something so, something mm -hmm. and now we're sitting in a standalone building mm -hmm. in Weatherford, Texas yep how big is this thing this is right at 4,000 feet and it's uh, 12 operatories and they're all identical um, it was design ergonomics designed mm -hmm. it shout um, out to Angie yes Angie and David Ahern and Gabe Perlman and that that whole group um, uh, Victoria Paquin um, they're all great and so they drew it and for maybe 18 months uh, COVID got in the way COVID got in the way of, of building it so we kind of put things on hold but during that probably 12 or 15 months while we kind of sat and, and waited, um, I had uh, uh, the operatories mocked up in my garage. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I stayed at your place one night, yep. and then in the morning <clears throat> at like 6 o'clock, you just knocked on my door and said, let's go see the my layout. Stupid. You know, it's just stupid. But you know, Why? It was well, so cool. 
there were, you know, there are things you, you know, you're doing all this and you're spending all this money and you just kind of want it the way you want it. And some of the things um, are unique, um, you know, that I designed and, you know, the, the, some of the cabinetry that's in there, some of the, the way the assistant carts work. Um, so yeah, uh, we built it, we had it done. And so it's, it's all fine. You know, it works pretty well. And um, uh, it just, you know, the rooms flip over really easy. They're easy to clean. They're universal. I can have any provider treating any patient, doing any procedure in any room at any time. So, you know, we've got a left-handed hygienist. We've got five hygienists working now uh, pretty much every day. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the rooms need to turn over quickly. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about the practice in dentistry, but um, I remember that night when you and Karen and I were sitting down and drinking red wine and mm -hmm. having a conversation. And I would love to talk, if you don't mind, a little bit about your history. Sure. Um, back then, you told me that uh, your parents came from Poland and you lived six kids in a 1200 square feet house in Chicago. And do you think that was how your drive was born and your ambition and your love for what you do? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I just remember um, at some point, maybe yeah, I'm the youngest of six. So at some point, I just kind of figured out maybe by the time I was eight or nine, that my brothers and sisters were all adults and pretty happy and, and reasonably successful as judged by an eight-year-old kid. And I remember thinking, when my parents tell me something, I should just shut up and just do whatever. And so that's what I did. You know, I didn't, I, I wasn't much of a, I wasn't much of a problem kid at all or anything like that. And uh, man, I, I had four paper routes by the time I was nine. I was you know, I was working 40 hours a week by the time I was 12, <laughs> 13, that's a lie, 13, and going to school and doing all that. So I was just always busy. There was no real time to get into trouble. And so, yeah, um, maybe drive came from that. I don't know. I don't know. But it is what it is. That's amazing. And do you mind if I, if I ask you about um, the story of uh, 10,251? <laughs> so sure 10,251 so um one day i was sitting around my house i have um four kids currently they're 30 28 26 and just turned 17 sam so yeah sam so sam is still at home the others are gone um so the oldest christopher um was born in june of 1992 so i was sitting around my house one day and you know he's a grown man you know and and so um i i just started thinking about it and i uh i used google to actually figure it out but <clears throat> i figured out that um his 10,251 day birthday was coming up and uh so i, I wrote him a letter explaining that hey, this is your 10,251-day birthday. And, um, you know, you and I have had some run-ins over the years, and, uh, you know, you're a grown man. By no means do I uh, need, do you need my approval for anything anymore? You, you, you know, do whatever you think is right. And I know we've had, like I say, I know we've had some run-ins here and there, and, 
you know, you you've wondered, I'm sure, what you know, what is he thinking? Who who why would why would he make a decision like this? What kind of parenting is that? And uh, I just told him at the end of the letter that the significance of 10,251 is that when I was 10,251 days old, um, that was the day he was born, and they put him in my in my arms and said, "Okay, you're in charge. Raise him." So there you go. So. Uh, if you ever wonder why your parents do stuff, it's because they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> and that's why I love to talk to, to you no about idea. the parenting advice. Yeah, there's no idea, man. Every day, it's like fixing teeth, man. Every day you see something that makes no sense, that you have no idea what to do. Well, okay, we'll try this. <laughs> see if this works. Well, so yeah, but that's how parenting is. You don't know anything. You know, you're just making it up as you go and you know, you hope the, you hope you make right decisions and you don't leave any lasting scars, and that's that's kind of that. And they turn out really more than okay. They're gonna turn out okay, you know. And I, I don't think I, I don't if I've never met a parent ever um, who who says, "Hey, uh, watch me screw up this kid." I'm going out of my way to screw this kid up. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody, you know, you can look in a classroom full of parents or wherever you're going to meet parents, um, and you can, you can think, uh, boy, that's kind of crazy. I would never do that. But everybody's doing what they think is right. You know, nobody is deliberately trying to screw up kids. Right. And <clears throat> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take very long to figure out that. You know, there's there's a lot of people with a lot of problems out there, and and they're juggling all those problems and trying to raise kids on top of it, and um, you know, it's it's easy to transfer that stuff to a kid. So I mean, I feel really fortunate, man. I'm I married my high school sweetheart. I, I mean, I I have never in my life had anything go wrong for me ever. Nothing ever goes wrong for me. It all, well, that's not. I mean, it always works out. You know, and whatever the problem is, this too shall pass. It just, it's fine. It's going to be fine. And in the end, it just, it's, there's a Seinfeld episode. And that's how I am, man. Everything just works out. It's all going to be okay. And so the kids are doing well. And, you know, Karen and I are happy. And that's, that's it. Right. The, you only gave me 30 minutes. So, and I have so many questions I would want to ask you even after this. Um, but, I remember when we met in June and um, of this year, and I told you that my wife and I are expecting a little one, and, and you literally, like, after a minute, you had a tear in your eyes. And then you gave me a piece of advice that I've, I've wrote it down, and I, and I talked to people about it, and I talked to my wife about it. I really took it to heart. And the advice that you gave me was you said, I love my kids. They all know that. There's just no question about it that I love my kids. And you said, but I love my wife even more. And they all know that they are not even close to that level, the way you love your wife. And at first it sounds interesting, but then the more I think about it, the more I talk to my wife, and I, I even talked to Dr. Ben about this, and I sent you a clip, and he was like, I second that 100% how how would you think about that like um i 
you know, it just seems, I, I don't know, maybe maybe saying it, I think that's probably every something that couples probably know, but actually like putting that in a box and, and kind of saying it out loud, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you think, some things are, some things are just plain hard to say out loud. You know, everybody's got some bad habits, they do some bad things, and uh, you can think it, and you can let yourself get away with it, but man, if you ever have to verbalize it, it's a big deal. But anyway, um, I think I think that first happened, Christopher is the oldest, and so, so most of this stuff, parenting stuff and whatever else, really revolves around him, because, you know, he kind of charted the course. For me, as for Karen and me as parents, um, and, and the way we relate to the kids. But, uh, yep, the, the, you know, he was, he was probably five or six and trying to pull something off where he asked me and I said no, and, or maybe he asked his mom and, and Karen said no, and then he comes to me. And <clears throat> I said, did you talk to your mom about this? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I mean, and so then I discover, of course, that he's playing Karen against me to try and get his way, which is any a strategy any kid any employee will deploy right and so why why not try to do that and and um and so it was then i told him i said hey man don't ever play me against your mom don't ever do that I, and and there it is don't make no mistake i love you very much but don't ever think for a second that i love you more than i love your mom and that's it. So if you, you know, and, and no sooner did that come out of my mouth that I thought, I thought, well, that having parents with that kind of relationship, wow, think of all the concern and worry that it removes from a young kid's life ever. I mean, you, you know, divorce is everywhere and I don't, you know, I don't begrudge people for it. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not passing judgment at all, but that impacts a kid. Or if a kid is worried about their parents getting divorced, or there's all sorts of, let's just call it unsupportive behavior between the two of them, you know, if they're always arguing or whatever. And again, that happens to people. I don't, I'm not judging it. But if your marriage is solid, the kid needs to know, you know, and, and, and again, man, the benefit of that over years, it, kids got enough crap to worry about. They sure don't need to worry about their parents. Right. In the relationship. Right. And so, you know, that's, those are my thoughts about that, you know, and, and so, um, and, and it'll happen, you know, kids, kids start to kind of figure things out it, it takes a little while you know certainly the later part of maybe middle school or, or maybe into high school where they kind of start to figure out that that uh hey we've got some advantages <laughs> that other kids don't have you know so that's kind of that it's interesting my sam um one of the uh, he's getting ready to go to college, right? He'll be, he'll be a high school senior this year. So now there's essays and there's blah, blah, blah. So one of the questions that one of the colleges is asking is, who's the most impactful person you know and, and, and how do they impact you? So we were talking about that and, and I said, well, you know, you, he, he has a friend who really just um, 
is grown up to be a really sweet kid, but has done so in the face of so much adversity. It's absolutely crazy. And, and it's a situation where, um, man, he's got no guidance. He's kind of, he, you know, he lives at home. Um, and it's just, everything about it is a struggle. Everything about it. And so, uh, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit. And I said, well, you might think about that. I mean, here's, you know, it, it doesn't have to be some water walking entrepreneur that you know has made something or affected the world you know here's a kid who by virtue of just his bad luck has given you an opportunity to see that many of the problems your law in your life are of your own creation that you're, you're the guy standing in your own way because you know in in many ways mom and I have have set up the launch pad pretty well for you and so um, that seems to be kind of a, still working on that one, but um, maybe that's a, a, a logical essay for him to write, you know? And sometimes you just gotta look around and man, in, instead of, I don't know, being envious of all these people who have this and do this and man, you look around and, and where many of us are, we're just so much more fortunate than most that, um, you got to be aware of that. Right. So, yeah, right. Whatever. That's amazing. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit about Kieran because the first time I met her, she's absolutely <clears throat> amazing woman. And um, how much does it help you knowing that you have somebody like her um, as your life partner? How much does it allow you to go out and do what you need to do and achieve your goals? And like build your dreams oh well that's um that's a little bit of a loaded question i i think you know the the maybe the best part is <clears throat> that we share most of them i mean I, I i really um i really don't have any goals that that don't involve her um so you know the, the coordination with that is pretty easy um but so so yeah I mean we're we're a legit team on on virtually everything you know when it when it comes to the kids obviously we've talked about that <clears throat> um when it comes to the practice I mean she does all the accounts payable for the office so she's involved she she knows what we're spending and where and how things work and and she comes in and she can certainly um although she's never she's not physically in the office um, she can stop by in here anytime and put on a, put on a pair of scrubs and, and um, help out in, in a lot of different spots uh, if she has to. So that might happen one or two days a year. I mean, it doesn't happen often. Um, so as far as our alignment and me doing stuff, oh, yeah, she makes it easy because she, she knows what I'm thinking and, and we share the same objectives about most things. Um, so... Uh, that's just really easy. I don't know how, um, because I know plenty of people who, a dentist, um, whose spouse is almost actively disinterested in the practice. You know, they, they don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't want to hear anything about that. All you think about is those pesky teeth and blah, 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 blah. And they don't want to hear anything about that. 
I don't know if it works for you. I guess it works for you. That 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 couldn't work for me, you know. I because you know whenever I come home sniveling and whining, whenever it's a tough day, whether whether it was clinical work that was tough, or maybe I just, you know, here's a, a case and I just did a crappy job on it, and, you know, whatever, uh, and it's bothersome to me. Well, she's she gets it, she understands, and she's easy to talk with about that sort of thing. She she's a good listener with that stuff, so. And I'm sure there's no judgment or anything. You're you're not oh, afraid no. to be like, no, oh, sh- yeah. And you know that's uh, that. Well, that's kind of another thing. I don't know the judgment. No, she doesn't judge any of that stuff. But you know, like other stuff. You know, like you say, um, goals and and things. Things that that we would talk about between us. And again, might involve the kids. Might involve the office. Any of that. You know, there's. And let's go back to parenting. My my, my mom and dad were married for 63 years my all my siblings six siblings i mean it's ridiculous we have something stupid like 250 years of married life without a divorce we don't know how to get a divorce and so but my point is that like i remember growing up there was my mom and dad same thing unified front can't can't break the two of them apart and my mom was warm and fuzzy my dad was cold and prickly um but uh they always spoke with one voice as as to the things we were doing growing up uh the importance of school the importance of church the importance of work all, you know all those sorts of things they they were always together on that and so i remember as when my dad passed away my mom my mom told me she says oh yeah you know we Dad and I, we, oh, there were so many times, oh, we were worried about you, we were worried about your brother or your sister, and oh, we would talk, we'd talk all night long. And I thought, man, really? Didn't, I never knew. I just thought all this was easy. And it's the same with Karen, you know? I mean, we'll, we have a lot of, and it happens usually with a glass of wine on the back porch, but we'll have a lot of really in-depth talks. You know, hey, man, raising kids is tough. Running a business is tough. And so, um, you know, we make decisions, we make it, and, and I like to think that as outsiders looking in, whether that's patients or employees or kids, um, that we do that. That it, it, it looks, we, we try to make it look easy, we try to make it look like, yeah, this is just no big deal, here you go. I mean, um, there are lots of nights where, you know, you sit up in bed just straight up thinking, man, I got to do this, or I don't have this back from the lab, or I got to take this kid to where, or isn't there a deadline for an application for a kid somewhere? So it never stops. But again, I think going back to your question, um, seeing things the same way, it just makes everything just way easier. It's just one less thing to overcome when everybody's on the same page and is interested in one another all the time. That's amazing. Um, Do you ever talk with Karen about Hey, this is our goal and this is how we want to accomplish it. And I don't know. It could be a travel. It could be anything or it could be something significant. And I know you shared some of the stories, how you help your in-laws to pay for a house and stuff. And it's just, you have a big heart, but do you ever talk about goals together? Do you set them and do you talk to kids? And I, yeah, let, let me just ask that. Well, I, I, you know, those things, I don't know. We're not like big, um, long-term planners you know fortunately doing what we do for a career i mean it it provides a a really good income you know all that sort of stuff so it's not like 
we have to say, okay, you know, this year we want to go on a dream vacation. And so we got to, you know, really plan this out and, uh, and, and save up for it or whatever. So, so, uh, things just kind of come up, you know, friends will say, would you like to do this? Or does this interest you? Or I'll meet somebody and, and they're, I don't know, they're doing this or doing that. And, and, you know, some stuff requires a little more planning than others, but, you know, at this point, our, the goals, I don't even know that I have any, you know, I mean, it's, it's always at the office just to make the office run really, really well, um, because the better the office runs, the less I have to run it. So, so then I don't, I don't have to sit here and think about the office when I'm at home or about the, the house when I'm at the office. Um, so I don't know, goal setting, you know, like I say, somebody says to me, Hey, do you want to go on a cruise later sometime next year? Sure. Let's go. Just tell me the days and we'll go. Um, or, you know, we're not, we're not giant consumers. I don't have to, I I don't have to have a new Italian car every year. I don't, you know, so we're pretty simple. Um, and I've been to your house. You guys are. That's incredible. It's just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we live in a 2,900 square foot house that we built two years after we moved here. Um, it was too small when all the kids were there. It's too big now that most of the kids are gone. Um, but Karen has decided we are dying in that house. We will never leave that house. And that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's a, it's a nice house. And so, and it's convenient to everything that we need, the office and things in Fort Worth is the other way, you know, so we have all the benefits of being in the city just 15 or 20 minutes away. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all just fine. It's all just fine. I, I, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for, um, being happy with, with what you, it's, how does that saying go? Um, oh, it's, it's something about, you know, the luckiest people are the ones that are happy with what they have. You know, it's, it's not about the next thing or the whatever. I can't, I can't think of it, but um, it's just true, you know. And we, I was talking with my associate yesterday, with Garrett yesterday. And, you know, of, of all the dentists I ever met, of all the financial advisors I ever talked to, of all the practice consultants I ever talked to, year after year after year, it's when people are unhappy and it's about money, it's never, especially with dentists, it's never, an, it's never, it's never an earning problem. It's always a spending problem. So, man, whatever. And that's something that you can control. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when, I, when, I, when so I graduated in 91, I spent my first five years in the Navy. So by the time we left the Navy, I, I was, I was making $31,000 a year and I had three kids. And so now maybe if we translate in today's dollars, maybe that's 70 grand a year, 75 grand a year. I don't know. But, um, I, so I'm 3,500 bucks. I had an $1,100 a month rent payment because we were renting a house outside of Seattle. I had a $400 a month car payment because I had to have a minivan to lug all these kids around. And so, and, 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 um, from the time Christopher was born, uh, and then Stephanie and then Kim, when Christopher was born, we found a way to put 150 bucks away a month for college from the day he was born. Then Stephanie was born. Well, okay. Now we got to put away 300 a month. 
And then when Kim was born, all right, now it's got to be 450 a month. And so, you know, we always did that stuff, uh, and, and we've always, savings and that sort of stuff has always been a, a payment. We can, it's, it's like a house payment or a car payment. It's something we have to do. It's the first thing that happens. It still happens that way. And, um, you know, there you go. I just, we, it's, yeah, that's my goal stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> it's easy and whatever. Tom, I want to finish with the last question, which was probably one of the, the, the story that you said that was very touching. You said that um, when you were a kid, your dad showed you, or maybe not, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm uh, mixing up the, the, no uh, the details, but your dad showed you uh, a number, 1.1 million. And he said, is this good son? Yeah. Uh-huh. So there are t uh, two stories about my dad that way. So my dad, uh, w I, I grew up in a little 1,200-square-foot house. And, and um, his, the, the closet in their bedroom it was, had bifold doors. It was a little tiny thing. But he had converted it into an office because he didn't really have any clothes. He had, you know, one suit and five pairs of shirts and pants. And so he put a counter in there, and that was his office. And so one day I watched him. Um, he, he was balancing the checkbook manually, right? That's what you did then. There was no computer stuff. And so, so he's balancing the checkbook, and I just stood there watching him. I, seems like I stood there for an hour. Maybe I stood there 10 minutes. And so I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, and he gets down to the bottom line, and there was, in the checking account, there was 1,200 bucks. So I'm looking... And he says, he points to the $1,200 with his pen, and he says, is this a lot of money? And again, man, maybe I'm 10 or 11 or 12, and I'm, I'm delivering papers at that point. So I make like 40 bucks a month. So, so he says, uh, <laughs> I get 40. I made 80. He made me save the other half, and then he would match it. Okay. So, so I look at it, and it's 1200 bucks. He says, is this a lot of money? And I thought about it a second, and I said, if that's all the money, that's not a lot of money. And all he said was, good, and that's it, right? <laughs> so then fast forward, every time we would visit, now he's 85, 90, and every time I would visit, I would have to go through the three-ring binder, which was the process uh, that all of us would follow upon his death. Who's doing this? What the Catholic mass is like? Who's doing what readings? What the lunch is going to be like? Who calls the lawyers? Who does all this, right? He's got it all mapped out. And so, um, like I said, my whole life I've, I've strived for my dad's approval on stuff. And so uh, in the end, he says, all right, here's this, here's this. And all my siblings had the same copy of the same exact book. And so in the end, he, he's, he gets down to the, there's, there's the money part. And whatever he, he had amassed a mil, one let's say it was 1.1 million 1.1 1.2 something like that that's that was going to be all the money that was going to be distributed to the kids to the church to the to the whatever and i remember him asking me he pointed to that number with his pen and he just looked at me and he said how'd i do great pop just great it's amazing what a life right yep. oh absolutely charmed charmed what a life all of us, my sis, my siblings, my, my, my family, all my, my siblings' families. Just wonderful, just wonderful. And it starts 
with the parenting. And that's that's exactly what we talked in the beginning, Tom. I don't want to take more of your time. I would love to do this again when you have three hours available to talk. (laughs) (laughs) You have so many great stories, but I'm happy that we were able to get at least a couple nuggets. I just, this is probably more selfish. I want to be able to go back and re-listen to this (laughs) with my wife and make sure we don't forget any of this. It's my pleasure, Tiger. Thank you. Thank you.